last two months and some of the things that I've learned from these last two months. And then you'll see why I've titled this sermon An Unexpected Gift. You know, in the month of October was pretty wild. In my 20 years of being a disciple, I've never seen a month where I was a part of three conferences. The first weekend went to Panama for the International Leadership Conference. Had a great time there with so many church leaders around the world. So many younger church leaders and younger leaders there making a difference. The next weekend we had our youth and family night here uh, on human sexuality in October, right? Oh, scary topic. It doesn't have to be, right? We could talk about these things as a church because the world is talking about it. It's all over the news. We need to find out what does God say on topics like that, right? Uh, then the following weekend we went to San Antonio with all the teens for the teen-led conference. It was our third one yet. Uh, it's a weekend where our teens, our high schoolers, put on a weekend to help teens grow closer to God. It's by teens, for teens. They do all the worship, singing, uh, preaching, breakout class activities. They do it all. You'd be very proud of our teens who represented here from Dallas, from the East Region, uh, this year. And then the last weekend of October, we came right back to Dallas to host a Youth and Family Ministers Conference. So all the Youth and Family leaders from across the U.S. and even outside like St. Petersburg, Brazil, London, people were here to get further training, to be greater leaders, to learn how to do that. Over 275 of them were here in Dallas in October. So that's October. And then November hits... And we have this ministry training academy, and in 14 hours, we learned everything we need to know about church history. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. And then we have our warrior weekend, the following one that was formerly known as men's retreat, right? And we're braving the cold, we're getting training and life advice uh, and bonding times with other men. And literally from the men's retreat, I fly out to Los Angeles for a Mexico Central America Mission Society meeting. Uh, these are brothers there who uh, help navigate how we're going to spend the funds to further advance the gospel across Mexico and Central America. And as a, as a church here, we give to that, to special missions. And so I got to represent us and share and hear the good news. And you'll hear some of, those good news, some of the good news here shortly of what's going on and the vision that these board members and church leaders have. I literally took a red-eye flight back to Dallas the following day. It was a quick 24-hour trip. Saturday, got to see Tommy and Betty's wedding. Got to see them get married. What an incredible thing. The next day, Haley, uh, Haley's bridal shower, which I did not attend, but Addie attended. Okay. Uh, and then on Monday, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, the teens were on break. And so we did this youth and family day of service where we went down to Larry Johnson Center and served the community dinner there. We'll talk more about that later. Then on Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. Then Friday, too, people were super, had the great Thanksgiving, had so much to be thankful for as Byron and Lauren got engaged that Friday. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure there was more weddings, uh, Danny McLean's baby showers past weekend. And, oh, don't forget Bible studies, midweeks, and parties along the way. How are you doing? 
You know, it's funny, we're asked that, and what's our normal response? Good, fine, busy, or I'm busy, I'm fine, but I'm busy. You know, it's the culture we live in, like the response should be, I'm busy. Because if you're not busy, then, then you're lazy, right? Like somehow if you don't have the schedule that I just shared with you that you're not envious of, that you're lazy. Somehow you can't love Jesus because you're not busy, right? But we can accept this as normal rather than seeing there are rhythms, there are seasons of life that God has created. That includes time away. In the Bible, we see Jesus taking his disciples to various cities, which take a few days to do that. There is no shortcuts there. There are no, no lifts, no Ubers to call to get there as quick as possible. They just have to write it out, I mean, walk it out and get there. And oftentimes, we can feel super busy, though. We can feel overwhelmed. We get to this tipping point in our lives. We, we can lose our minds. We can lose our patience Lose our temper. Maybe first we lose our keys. Maybe first we lose our kids. Then we lose our temper. Let's look at Numbers 11. Let's talk about the life of Moses. Because when you look at the life of Moses, you find numerous times when he just feels overwhelmed. And there's just too much going on. Depending on who you ask, he's leading upwards to millions of people. And all these people are in need of food. And, and God hears their cries and, and, and provides this manna, which literally means, what is it? And it comes from heaven. But there comes a point where they become ungrateful. They've lost sight they grow tired of the same old thing. After eating it over and over again for a very long time, they wanted something different. You ever felt like Juan Pablo from Nacho Libre when he asked, how come we can't ever just have like a salad? <laughs> you know, or in the case of the Israelites, you know, why can't we just ever have like some meat? And it's in these moments, oftentimes as people... We see or we've at least heard this very spiritual sounding thing that isn't very biblical at all. God will never give you more than you can bear. More than you can handle. No place in the Bible. You got to ask yourself, does God give us more than we can handle I think he does. I think God is intentional. He's purposeful. But, but it's everywhere, Will. I, I mean, I saw it on a bumper sticker. I saw it on a meme. He won't do that, but God does. He does give us more than we could handle. Here in Numbers 11, verse 10, we read, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you, that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? In other words, did they carry my last name? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms 
as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I mean, just picture that for a second here. Millions of people wailing at the entrance of the tents there, hearing every family. Okay, so let's just play this out. Okay, you're on this side. When I point to you, I want you guys in your most wailing voice to say, give us. And then on this side right here, when I point to you guys, I want you in your wailing voice, me to eat. Okay? You ready? Okay, louder. Now multiply a million people. You don't think Moses is overwhelmed? And how do we know he's overwhelmed? We'll read on. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, Please go ahead and kill me. <laughs> if I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. The people are wailing to me. I can't in no way feed all of these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me, Moses cried. And God is probably like, yup, perfect. That's exactly where I want you. Because oftentimes we think we got this figured out. I know exactly what needs to happen and God's like, no you don't. And it's a spiritual myth, if you will. And I know where we get this from when we look at the verse, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Let's read it. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so you can endure it you know God is faithful all the time and he's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear and that's important to understand that means that you'll never ever, ever get back together. No, okay. You'll never, never be tempted beyond you compare where you have to sin to deal with your challenges, with your pressures, or daily concerns. That's not how God would want us to deal with those things. It's not okay to get all inward focused and neglect others because you've worked so hard and now you deserve it. It's not okay to not forgive people because of something they may or may not have done. God is faithful and we need to be faithful to him. But it doesn't say he's not going to give us more than you can handle. These are two really different things. You know, there could be some really great things like kids, spouses, being married, 
church family and all that we do, these things are great. Let me, let me emphasize that, okay? My, you know, my life, my life is good, real good, <laughs> as Nacho would say. And, and, and you need to hear that. Those of us maybe who are seeking to get married or about to get married, you need to hear that because at times it can be overwhelming and more than we can handle sometimes. And God goes, good. Because then you got to rely on me. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let Satan throw at you more than you can handle. More than you could say no to where you have to sin. So that means you can say no to ungodliness. You can say no to unrighteousness. You can say no to pride in our lives with God. And that should excite us. And I think God gives us more than we can handle. And I think as he does, he offers us this gift. An unexpected gift. This gift of too much. Can we ever have too much? You know, there's some things that we can definitely have too much of, right? Too much stress. Okay, too much, uh, too many complaints. It's just too much. People talk too much. The bills are too much. Cyber Monday. Oh, Black Friday. They don't want you to know that Black Friday can so easily become Broke Saturday. <laughs> Maybe you're like, oh, man, my spouse is too much. And if you're thinking that, that's probably because you're too much. But why would God give us such a gift? To depend on something other than ourselves. Because this spiritual myth here that God will never, never give us more than we can handle. When you embrace that, it says get up. Do more. You can do it. You got this. But the real question is, does God have you? Does he have your attention does he have your obedience? Does he have a willing heart in you? You know, here's another one of those pseudo spiritually sounding quotes. You might have heard. You might have shared. That's nowhere to, to be found in the Bible. You know, God may allow you to bend, but never break. You know, and throughout the Bible, we see how much God loves a broken and contrite heart. A broken spirit I will not despise, declares the Lord. And God is like, I love broken things. Yes, give me those things. Those are awesome. I get to fix them. It's a great place for you and I to be. It's, it's too much to carry. I can't do this anymore. It's then that he does his best work in us. Because when we think we got this, and we push God to the side. God becomes an intruder in our lives. He becomes an invader of your privacy. An inconvenience. Because, well, we got this. And the funny part is, God lets us think that. 
and then things start to fall apart. And we say, I can't do this anymore. And God's like, I know, now let me help you. I wish you would have helped me back here. I wish you would have let me help you back here because it could have been so much less painful, so much less regret in your life. But I still love you. I still offer my grace to you. But it's not about picking yourself back up and doing it alone. It's about being in a life-giving relationship with God. And Moses starts to figure this out, Numbers 11, verse 14. I can't carry all these people by myself. Burden's too heavy. We're not designed to do this by yourself. I mean, imagine by yourself. Change lives? Destroy generational cycles of dysfunction? Build strong marriages, raise God-fearing children by yourself. The burden's too heavy. So let's stop trying to rely on self. And let's turn to God. The gift of too much teaches us this. It teaches us to put something down. To put something down. The gift teaches you and I to prioritize. You know, Thanksgiving dinner is a prime example of that. We just had Thanksgiving not too long ago. And here's how you know you prioritized. You only have so much stomach capacity, if you will. And so you start to fill up your plate. And you're like, man, the spread looks good. But you know of the spread, there's about one or two items that, man, you know, you know you're not going to, I mean, you're going to. Spend that capacity on because it's worth it because, man, they stand out above the rest. You don't have time for the other items on the spread that you could get any other time, any other day. And as much as you don't want to offend the person, you know, maybe Aunt Ethel who brought that awesome salad. You're like, I'm sorry, I got to prioritize here. I got to maximize space. But, you know, sometimes our priorities can be off. They can be off-center, if you will, off-kilter. And maybe you can relate to this video reenactment here of how maybe we can get when we're expecting guests. No, I don't think so. No, all right. Okay, all right. Well, won't be able to watch that. But uh, he's reenacting, frankly, uh, you know, just frantically trying to get the house ready. It doesn't smell good enough. All right. The kids are like leaving things on the ground and on the table, uh, you know, just frantically moving around, trying to get things ready for guests. And, uh, and you know, it just won't look perfect enough. You know, get rid of the couches in one of the videos that said, get rid of the couches. We can't let people know we sit. <laughs> I mean, that's just how far we can go and how off-center our priorities can become. And if that rings a bell to you, you know, you wouldn't be alone. You know, Luke 10 reminds us here as we see Jesus and his disciples were on their way. 
And he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Martha, she thought that she could make the house good. And later, she's freaking out because Jesus comes and nobody is helping her. You're worried about many things, he said to her. And Martha, Martha's like, Mary, help. Jesus, tell Mary to help. And Jesus is like, no, Martha, you need help. A different kind of help. You need to put something down. You need to put stuff down and focus on the people. And this should help us here with the Christmas season in full swing. We got to be prepared. It's coming. It's coming. But, but, but the deals won't last. Our house is not clean enough. My show isn't finished yet. But, you know, the gift of too much te- teaches us to prioritize. And if you're, like, overwhelmed, you're like, man, I don't even know where to begin. It hasn't even started. It's December 2nd, and I feel like that already. Let the Spirit of God minister to you this morning that you got to put something down. you got to put some heavy burden that we sang about here this morning down. you got to lay aside an idol in your life. you got to lay aside a past hurt, a lack of forgiveness in your life. Because the reality is, you ever notice that the longer you and I carry these heavy burdens, the heavier they become. You know, in the beginning we could get away with these things. In the beginning, we're like, it's no big deal. It's something small. And then so quickly, it becomes heavier. Because it, over time, over days, weeks, months, becomes years. And it just becomes so crippling to try to hold on to. So debilitating in our lives. And so just put it down. Put something down. It also teaches us to say or instead of and. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that, instead of I can only do either or. I can't keep going on doing all the things all the time. And just because you could do more, it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> you don't want regrets in your life later on going, man, because we said and this came about. Because we were so uncomfortable with just saying or. Because we know when we say yes to one thing, we are absolutely saying no to another. And there's a price for that. You're willing to pay that price. Is it worth it? Also, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Now, I'm not going to stay on this because that's not a problem that most of us have in this room. I'm speaking to those here who have been so comfortable going, yeah, yeah, say no. I put stuff down all the time. I'm not stressed at all. I have no burdens. I'm talking to you right now. You need to learn how to say yes to the things of God. And I'm not talking about stressing and, war- you know, burning yourself out. I'm talking about engaging actively in the work of God and building up his church. 
but, but what do I do? I mean, what, what do I let go? Well, listen to God. Listen to God. And I believe it's also true, bless you. We also know um, that you know. It's on your heart. It's on your mind right now. God has put it there. He's big enough to deal with it. He's moving the earth. He's keeping everything in order. He's keeping you alive and helping you to breathe this morning. You did not wake up this morning wondering how you were going to breathe and stay breathing today. God's got it under control. Maybe it's time for you to listen to what he's telling you to lay down. This gift also teaches us to hand something off. To hand something off. You know, another time we see Moses feeling overwhelmed. And as a uh, mediator, he's listening to the people morning, uh, from, from morning to evening, coming with their disputes, trying to find resolution to parties and disagreements. And his father-in-law saw this and he replied. In Exodus 18, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing, eh, it's not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. You and the people. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way that they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. And appoint them as officials over thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. Have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. And all these people will go home satisfied. You know, from morning to evening, the people seeking advice from Moses. And he believed that he could fix it. And Jethro comes in and he's like, this right here, this is not good. Brilliant idea. He says, go find some godly men to make the load lighter, to share it with, and hand something off. And guess what? All the people will go home satisfied. You know, but when I look at this passage, this question stood out to me. You know, what would have made this difficult? What would have made this difficult for Moses to execute? I thought, wow, what if there was no godly men available? How scary for Moses to look out in the crowd and go, I need some godly men and I don't find any. And I pray, it didn't happen, but I pray that that would not happen in our church as well. I pray that when we look out, we go, man, where are the godly men who fear God, who are trustworthy? They're easy to find. The other thing that would make this difficult would be this, I want to fix things my way mentality. I want to be in control. I want it to be this way or that way. I want it to be excellent. 
perfect, this subtle pride, because it won't be perfect, because the reality is it's not perfect now. But we could sometimes believe that. And when I think of God-fearing men, trustworthy men, you know, I think of all the people that, that we get to serve with side by side in the, in the church. All the people who raise up and step up to meet needs and to sacrifice for a vision. I think of all the men and women who serve as teen leaders in youth and family ministry, with our region being two counties. And the midweeks in Dallas County are all being led by trustworthy men. I'm not there presently all the time. But yet I know they're in good hands. Richard Rouser, Eddie Blandon, uh, who help uh, uh, the middle school ministry. These guys every month put on a fantastic, dynamic, regional middle school ministry event for our middle schooler over at the Marcus's home. They're building identity. They're building family. And I'm grateful for them. I think of the brothers who helped me to jump in on Bible studies in my, in my absence. The Bible studies don't need to stall. We, don't, we can keep moving forward. We can all be in this together. It's a tag team sport, helping people love God. I'm so grateful for that because when I came back from being away in Panama and all that, we got to see uh, Dougie uh, Sexton become your brother in Christ last month. You know, I think about uh, being able to witness one of our former teens, you know, Betty, a Dallas East team alum who Addie got the, the privilege to study the Bible with, got married to Tommy. And it's so incredible to see our young people do things God's way and to be blessed by God in that way. But we were able to be there because at the same night, we had a youth and family night, our Thanksgiving youth and family night. And the Hollowell family stepped up and met the need and led an incredible youth and family night. You know, I think of Charles Udo and his wife Crystal studying the Bible with teens, preaching the word, and leading our two midweeks that uh, we were absent for in the month of October. Two midweeks in a row without Will and Addie. And maybe back in the day, I'd be like, oh, I'm a little nervous. I'd be calling them from Panama, like, you know, uh, all of that. But you know what? The reality is we didn't fret for a second. We knew our teens were in such a good place. I had to remind them. Remember, you're not babysitting. You are advancing the kingdom of God. Oh, and you're doing it with uh, two other teen leaders and 30 teens. So, good luck. But they did such a great job. They stepped up and served. You know, at the same time, we ought to hand off emotional burdens as well as not just these physical pressures we feel. And, you know, this is hard. This is hard for any one of us because we want to appear as strong. We want to appear as being a hero. But the sooner we get this lesson, the sooner our God will come in and help. And, you know, this was brought to light as our ministry calendar. I uh, was looking at our ministry calendar. And the reality was that we had nothing for our teen ministry to be outward focused and serving others, especially during the Thanksgiving break where our teens are off school. You know, I'm not sure I had the bandwidth to add another event or do another event. And I had to admit that, though, and share that with others. I'm grateful for the God-fearing women as well who helped my wife 
I think about the Anderson family, I think of the O'Briens. They mobilized both the middle school and the high school teens and their parents to go and serve those in need. In just a few weeks, I mean, it was, it was just a short time, food was donated by many brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters took the day off or half-dated it. Trader Joe's got involved and donated turkeys to us. Activity stations were made and, and, and run by the teens. Middle school and high schoolers and parents served together, serving over uh, close to 80 people who came in and out. To-go boxes were given out. It was a banquet just to tell the community there at Larry Johnson Center, which we have a relationship with, which we serve every summer with the kids there. We just wanted them to know that you are special to God. And because God, you're special to God, you're special to us. That was our simple message. And so thank you if you, if you came and served. Thank you for all those who served. Psalm 55, verse 22, as we bring in for a landing. Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. When he's given us too much to handle, when life is getting too much, the pressures, the concerns, the challenges, cast those cares on the Lord. He's big enough. He will sustain you. And when you look at the word cast, you got whatever it may be for you, whether it's tossing, Hurling, and and whatever motion that is. Maybe you're a Cowboys fan. You're really excited about the Cowboys right now. And your your casting, your tossing motion is like this. You're like, yeah, I'm going to toss this. Or maybe you're into disc golf and you want to be like David Collier. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to cast. I'm going to toss it like this. Whatever tossing, hurling, throwing looks like for you, God says do that with your cares to him. He will never let the righteous be shaken. If you just let go, I'll carry it for you. But you know, we don't let go when we believe the lie that, well, God won't give us more than we could bear. So it's mine to carry. It's mine to like get, just pick myself up, my bootstraps, and just do more and work harder. It's not. It's not. It's time to learn to depend on him. It's learn to depend on his strength, his power, his mercy, his grace, it's sufficient. And when you ask for him to take certain things away, that might be the answer to our prayers. It's sufficient. Like Nehemiah, sometimes we, we need to stop praying for lighter work. And, and we got to stop just switching things left and right for, to make it easier, more comfortable or convenient for us. Instead, we should be praying for stronger hands to do the work. Not lighter work, stronger hands to do God's will in our lives. You know, God's going to give us too much to handle. He's going to give us this unexpected gift. It's coming, it's coming. And when he does... Maybe he's, he's wanting us to know there are benefits to opening this gift. There are benefits to receive. 
that we need to put something down. There's something very obvious and tangible and clear we need to put down. There's something we need to hand off. There's something that we can't carry. We're not supposed to carry, but we are, that we need to hand off first to God as we open up this gift of too much. Let's go to God in a word of prayer as we take the Lord's Supper. Our Father in heaven, we come before you just grateful for life, grateful for forgiveness, grateful for hope and a future that you bring into our lives. Thank you for washing our sins away. Thank you for allowing us to be called sons and daughters of the King. And Father, we want to come before you with these kinds of a broken heart, a contrite spirit. Because it's then that you do your great work. And I know that maybe we might be feeling things right now. We might be wrestling with things inwardly. And Father, you know. And thank you that you know. Thank you that we can cast these things on you. Thank you that you're big enough, you're strong enough, you're wise enough to deal with these things as we remember how broken we are, that we need you to be put back together again. We're so thankful we have you in our lives and we pray for for this time as we focus on Jesus and how his life was devoted to us, how he was focused, his priorities were on straight to focus and fulfill the will you had for his life. And he didn't deviate from that. May we imitate that heart. May we understand his dependence on you. So we could depend on you as well. Not just during this busy and hectic time of the season. But even throughout our lives the rest of the year. We can focus in on that as well. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen.